0: Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen. Real results. Real care. Real about recovery.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast, part of the Fantrax family. My name is Mung, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Meng. That's M-E-N-G
0: hey addicts welcome back it's los at ffa underscore los we are uh we are currently recording during the final week of the regular fantasy season in most uh most formats how you doing mung well i already know how your teams are doing
1: well we'll see a lot uh, a lot depends on tonight Uh, i've got some teams that are coming down the wire to either make the playoffs or secure that first round bye how about you
0: uh, same thing. Uh, I'm, I'm actually uh, hoping you take a take a few steps back. If if things sit as they are right now, I could conceivably jump you for the uh, first for the first, for the number one seed. But I should have a first round by uh, locked in. And then uh, bigger, more important game for uh, Super Producer Dan, hoping for him to make it into the uh, into the playoffs to make half the uh, half the playoff seating belong to the to the podcast
1: that's that's quite true. Uh, I think he needs a quiet night from James Conner, but uh, we'll see what happens in this game. A lot to talk about tonight. Uh, of course, uh, as you said, Los in most leagues, uh week 15 coming up this week is the first week of the fantasy playoffs ever since they added that 18th regular season game. So, uh yeah, it's it's, you know, it's one week at a time, so don't worry too much about the fantasy uh, championship matchups just yet unless maybe if you have that bye and then stash some defenses and quarterbacks that people might try to snag and stream over the next couple of weeks, yeah?
0: It's a winning strategy. There's always more to getting that first round bye than just getting the first round bye. You don't have to worry about that week, so you can stash, just like you said, defenses, streaming quarterbacks, or take those potential plays away from your opponents. Usually that's the more important part.
1: Yeah, and we're going to talk about specific matchups, sit-start questions, uh, try and get into some helpful stuff uh, for those who have made the fantasy playoffs. And, of course, before we get into all of that, uh, we want to talk to you guys about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive offers DFS-style contests on player props. It's super easy. You pick 10 out of 20 player props for the week, with each one getting assigned a fantasy point value for the over and under based on how likely the outcome is. The more you get right, the bigger the payout. Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 in weekly prizes, including their Sunday contest, where first place wins $20,000. Sign up now with our promo code FFA, and you'll receive an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100 for your first deposit, minimum $10. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E
0: fantasy.com. And what a perfect segue that serves to be for a uh, our Thursday night football game. A team that is getting it together at the right time, starting to thrive. Kansas City Chiefs at the L.A. Chargers. Kansas City's getting it together. Start your regulars. Uh, we had a surprisingly quiet week for Travis Kelsey. Uh, that's not going to last here. They've got that middle-of-the-field run funnel. Kelsey should j- be just fine catching balls uh, all over the field, really. The uh, wide receivers are where the uh, Chargers try and focus their defense.
1: Yeah, I'd be a little bit more worried about Tyree Kill in this matchup. Uh, Should be a bounce back here for Kelsey and should be another nice week for Clyde edwards Lair.
0: Absolutely. He uh, he didn't have a ton of uh, looks, not a ton of opportunities, but certainly got the, got the touchdowns for you there. I think you can lean on him uh, heading into the playoffs this week. The L.A. Chargers offense is clicking, and Herbert has shown he can put up the numbers and support wide receivers, even, even if they aren't those superstars, Williams and Allen. Whoever the top two wide receivers are healthy for this game and cleared from COVID protocol, I think are solid starts regardless. Uh, hopefully that's Allen and Williams, but Josh Palmer, and uh, Guyton have been very solid in support of the team. If Eckler can't go, there's going to be a committee split between Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly. Um, Both are about equal, very low-end flex plays. I'd do my best to avoid them if if Eckler's not in this game.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens, but uh, definitely a lot of concerns here. Uh, It does sound like Eckler is probable. uh, Supposedly, he's quote-unquote fine, um, but definitely still worth monitoring his practice status on Wednesday. And then Keenan Allen, we'll see. It sounds like they are optimistic that he'll be back as well. Uh, He is vaccinated. It sounds like he's been testing negative already, so they're hopeful that he'll be back for Thursday night. Uh, And then the other thing is we don't talk about the linemen quite so much, but they do have an impact on the fantasy stats here. Left tackle Rashawn Slater tested positive, and he is on the COVID reserve list. So certainly, you know, with how well the Chiefs defense has been playing as of late, a little bit more concern for Eckler missing one of their best run blockers, along with the fact that Eckler himself probably won't be 100% with that ankle, even if he does play this week.
0: If you have an elite, I mean, Herbert's been great. He's been elite. But if you have an elite option at quarterback, I mean, you know, he—that that is his blindside blocker.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're not benching Herbert, obviously. No, I'm Um, not. But, uh, you know, something worth monitoring, just a little bit of concern there. Again, the Chiefs defense is uh, pretty hot right now.
0: I will be taking the Chiefs with their hot defense and hopefully hotter offense.
1: Yeah, I I, I like the matchup on paper and also just all the injuries and, you know, Allen coming back from COVID probably will have some endurance issues, even if he is active and just, yeah, I'm going the Chiefs
0: that'll take us into a special playoff week one edition of Saturday midday and, and night football Saturday afternoon game 330 Central 430 Eastern will show us the Raiders at the Browns the Raiders got crushed this week but Jacob still retained value with all his past game targets with Drake gone which is what we've hoped for for his, uh, the, the duration of his career to this point Hunter Renfro had another 14 targets remains a very solid play certainly a starter for your lineup while I'd certainly Certainly avoid Foster Moreau for the rest of this season, at least after two poor games. Hopefully Darren Waller's back for us this week.
1: Yeah, we'll see about Waller. Um, There was initial optimism for him last week, and then he ended up not being able to go. So we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I think you hit it. It's it's really just Jacobs and Renfro. This is a Raiders offense that's really struggling right now, and uh, it certainly won't get any easier this week against Miles Garrett.
0: Speaking of struggling, the Browns uh, the Browns' often struggle a little bit, too. Uh, uh, Nick Chubb was limited by that Baltimore rush defense, and Kareem Hunt twisted his ankle early in the game, sprained his ankle. Um, we'll see how long he's going to be out for or if he's going to be back in this game. Um, I, I don't really see Raiders putting up much against Nick Chubb here. I think he's going to be absolutely fine. Feel good about slotting him back in your lineup. Um, they should be susceptible. The, the run, uh, The wide receiver situation... I guess Landry is your best bet there. Maybe if you feel lucky about Donovan Peoples-Jones, but that is something I'd try and look away from this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, this should be just an absolutely monster um, week for Nick Chubb, right? Considering everything that the Chiefs running backs just did against the Raiders here, and their offensive line isn't even that good compared to the the Browns here. Totally. Um, Hunt, uh, it sounds like he's going to be week to week, so he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, That only makes Chubb's floor and ceiling even higher. And look, hey, if you need it, uh, Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper, if uh, uh, not Tyler Higbee, uh, who's the other tight end? David Njoku? Yeah, I, I was thinking tight end with COVID. Um, yeah, oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> if Njoku is out again, then uh, Hooper, I do think, is worth a look. And really, it's those options on the Browns, and hopefully you're not touching anybody else. Uh, Peoples Jones had a nice game against Baltimore, but I would not necessarily want to rely on him.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take Cleveland uh, running the Raiders right out of the stadium.
1: Yeah, and uh, real quick, uh, we'll talk about sure. him on the waiver wire section, but with Hunt out, Derns Johnson is a stash uh, worth taking a look at in deeper leagues, just FYI.
0: Would you play him this week, given given that it's the playoffs, it's, it's losing your out?
1: Darnis Johnson? Yeah. No, not unless, uh, you know, running back four in deeper leagues. If you if you absolutely just need a warm body to plug in there at RB2 with a ton of injuries or something.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Early season, he was looking like a solid flex with Hunt going or whoever going. Um, but at this point, um, they're they're not really uh, – he he hasn't been quite as impressive. All right, that'll take us to that oh, Saturday I'm, I'm night. I'm taking uh, Cleveland also at home. Oh, Yes, you certainly are. That'll take us into Saturday night evening, 7.20 Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, New England at Indianapolis. Now, New England has been an improving defense, and we've seen they can get through a game without using the pass game whatsoever. Uh, Damien Harrison, and Ramondre, Stevenson, are flex options with some upside here. But don't forget that Indianapolis defense has actually been quite good.
1: Well, I'm not too worried just because it feels like the Colts have been better against the run. Um, Than the pass here and a lot really depends. It's so frustrating because we know that we're just not going to get good uh, specifics on injuries out of new England and Belichick, right? We're going to get the usual grunts and moans and we'll see how he's feeling, which doesn't do a whole lot for us fantasy folks. But from what it sounds like from various uh, Twitter PTs and doctors who give their opinions on such things, it's possible that Damian Harris could miss this game with a hamstring injury. Um, we'll see. He, he left the game late against Buffalo last Monday night, so he's had a couple weeks to recover, but we know these soft tissue injuries can sometimes be an issue for longer than that. Uh, they, uh, if Damian Harris were to miss, I think both Stevenson and Bolden are in play here. And uh, don't forget about Kendrick Bourne. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's been quietly still sitting on the waiver wire in quite a few leagues, and he's been one of Mac Jones' go-to guys, and we know that the Colts have given up some big plays on the back end with some issues in their
0: secondary. As yes, for the Colts, New England is that tough defense we know about. They're going to try and focus on, John, on Jonathan Taylor. That means uh, Pittman should be an okay flex play with a, a little less uh, coverage looking his way, but there's nothing that's going to make me bench Taylor at this point.
1: No, it's, uh, and if anything, New England's better at stopping the pass than the run. And uh, totally. Taylor's been so, so involved as a receiver lately as well. It's just, I mean, he's the clear number one running back every week until he's not, uh, as you said, Pittman is worth a look as well. And I think if I had to pick, uh, there are better options on the waiver wire war in most leagues, but if all that's left is Wentz and Mac Jones, who would you be certain?
0: That is a fantastical question. Um, away I would probably start Mac Jones
1: yeah I agree I, I um, yeah. I'm gonna go with Mac Jones and man this one's tough I, <laughs> I I really think it's just gonna come down to like a big Jonathan Taylor run or two and I'm gonna lean the home team Colts because of that
0: yeah your news about Damian Harris is what is what actually has swayed me here um I thought maybe I'd grab a game off you here but um i am gonna take the colts
1: yeah and it's pretty crazy we've we've come uh, a long way from peyton manning versus tom brady in these matchups to mac jones versus carson wentz
0: <laughs> that's for sure and that'll take us out of saturday night uh, get us back to our regularly regularly scheduled program sunday noon central 1 p.m eastern carol Car- eastern not easter carolina at buffalo buffalo's defense is much better than the atlanta defense uh, Kim. Is certainly a startable a- option if you have the stomach for it. Um, I don't think I do. Chuba Hubbard is really just a flex at best by my estimation. Uh, DJ Moore should be a flex play who I would consider de- uh, benching depending on other options. Uh, his talent could make him blow up for a, a big game at any time. But I think this week there, there just might be a couple better better options on your roster.
1: Yeah, I certainly don't love it. Uh, he may not even play. He's questionable with a hamstring yeah. injury. He was able to finish out the game uh, against Carol, or excuse me, against Atlanta this past Sunday, um, but not guaranteed to even play. Really, I, I think Chuba Hubbard is a touchdown dependent flex if you're desperate. Amir Abdullah could be an RB4 in PPR formats just because we do expect the Bills to be leading in the second half, and Abdullah has served as their receiving back. When McCaffrey is out splitting that work with Hubbard and yeah, I I would not trust Cam Newton here. Uh, I I liked him as a streaming option this past week, but he continues to split time with PJ Walker. So really, I mean, his day would have been awful against Atlanta if he hadn't gotten that early rushing touchdown. And I I would avoid uh, as many of the Panthers as as I could in fantasy this week uh, at the Bills.
0: It's true. Uh, as for the Bills, I'd start just about as many as I'm, as many of them in the past game as I could muster. Allen, Diggs, Beasley, Knox have all been on fire. Play them all. Whereas the run game, I'd avoid completely. Um, even if you do think that uh, they're going to come out pass strong early, which they will, they're going to pass just about every play early in the game. If they get up on them early, great. If they don't, because the pass game can falter sometimes, no matter who the quarterback is. If that pass game does falter a little bit, then they aren't going to. Uh, be able to put their foot on the run game throttle in the fourth quarter. So I just, I just avoid this run game altogether.
1: Yeah. And it might be time to avoid uh, the pass game too. If it's Mitchell Trubisky under center, we'll see about that. Um, Supposedly there's not too much concern about Josh Allen just yet. Uh, We'll see what exactly that foot ankle injury was when he was in the boot coming out of that overtime loss to Tampa Bay. But really, I think, I mean, even Diggs has been a little bit disappointing. He just hasn't been the top five wide receiver that you drafted him to be. Uh, you're still starting him, but uh, definitely not, uh, not, a, not a high ceiling option against a pretty tough Carolina defense here. Really, this is a matchup I'm trying to avoid on both sides. I think Beasley, Knox, and Diggs are fine. Um, Gabriel Davis, if Josh Allen plays is worth a look because Emmanuel Sanders is likely out with an MCL sprain but outside of that uh, a lot of uncertainty on both sides right now given uh, all the injuries
0: to deal with I don't know unfortunately I think uh I think Matt Nagy just might be the uh the Bears version of Adam Gase I would not be surprised at all if Mitch, Mitch Trubisky played this game and three three four touchdowns and won it easily
1: I would be quite shocked at that. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I will take uh, I will take Trubisky under three and a half touchdowns this week. Well, you want that bet?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, not three and a half. Okay, <laughs> but I'm going to take Buffalo no matter who starts at quarterback. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll take Buffalo here too. You've probably already used them in your survivor pools, but you know they have not been great, and their defense has been lacking a little bit with Tre'Davious White out for the year. Uh, This is not a game that I feel super confident in if Josh Allen isn't 100% healthy.
0: Certainly different than the way they started the season. Arizona at Detroit. As I say every week, hopefully everybody makes it through tonight's game safely. Murray Hopkins and Connor should be fine plays for you. I expect this one to be wrapped up pretty early with some reduced uh, reduction in the pass volume, so I do my best to avoid the uh, wide receivers while uh, relying on James Connor.
1: Yeah, and then uh, Chase Edmonds, it sounds like he was close to playing tonight on Monday night. Uh, We do expect him to be back next week, but uh, at the same time, uh, I I don't think you're benching James Conner, even if Edmonds is back at this point. Uh, I think Conner's played well enough and extraordinarily well now that he's been able to stay healthy that I do think he's going to remain the lead back. We talked about Edmonds as a potential sell candidate a few weeks back, given how Conner was playing. and. I think that remains true, and hopefully you're able to get something uh, more useful out of Edmonds uh, in a trade.
0: On the other side of the ball, you probably did not make the playoffs by chasing these backup Lions players, but uh, St. Brown has PPR value. Hopefully someone reasonable is going to be back for them at running back, Um, but uh, it's ugly, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, if you're desperate, St. Brown and Reynolds are getting a ton of target volume. Uh, We do expect some garbage time potential in this one with, I think they're favored by two touchdowns, the Cardinals are. Um, And uh, we'll see about the running backs. Uh, Really sad news. It sounds like there's a chance that DeAndre Swift could go on IR. Um, Stay tuned on that. Uh, If he's out... Uh, We'll see about Jamal Williams, who's on the COVID reserve list right now. Williams could be back; he could be an okay PPR flex with some garbage time as well. And if not, uh, Craig Reynolds, if you're desperate, uh, come on down.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if if Williams doesn't play, he's certainly going to have you know 15 plus touches, but uh, sometimes those don't add up to much. I'm going to take Arizona here.
1: Yeah, this is this is one of the locks of the week. I think even if it were Colt McCoy, I would still take Arizona pretty handily. Oh, (laughs) Colt.
0: Colts won every game he started, hasn't he? Uh, Did he win every game? I thought so. Uh, Maybe not.
1: I think no. I think uh, they was Green Bay Kyler or was that Colts? I can't remember. They both had injuries. Darn it! But
0: either way, it's my job or anything, right?
1: (laughs) Either way, uh, Cardinals by at least the touchdown.
0: For sure. The New York Jets at Miami, big loss for the Jets. Now down both Corey Davis and Elijah Moore for the year. There's probably value to be had either in Barrios or Ty Johnson. Uh, they feel like players I'd, I'd want to maybe add and just put on my bench just to make sure they weren't used against me. Uh, but they, they honestly could goose here. Uh, that Jets offense, they could decide to throw the ball Jamison Crowder's way 14 times. They, they could decide a lot of things because nobody on this team that's healthy right now is a standout uh, Tevin Coleman may find his way back in the lineup, but it's hard to rely on anything here.
1: Yeah. I think your best bet at wide receiver might actually be Barrios out of the slot. Um, sure. Just because we do know that the dolphins like to blitz quite a bit. So Wilson may need to get that ball out quickly. Uh, and then there's a chance that Michael Carter could be back. Uh, we won't talk okay. about him on the waiver wire section because he is rostered in so many leagues, but He's actually quite uh quite available in a lot of leagues. So Michael Carter definitely worth looking uh worth a look if he was dropped during his stint on IR. It does sound like the Jets are hopeful he'll be back this week. And then the other oh. thing to note real quick too is uh Davis is out for the year, but Moore is eligible to return in week 17 the uh, fantasy Championship. championships so depending on your team needs uh, if you've been streaming wide receivers or if you have strong options might be worth a stash especially if you have that ir spot
0: as for miami uh, the jets are obviously a target tua is a streamable quarterback if needed gaskin and waddle should be decent enough plays here uh gasicki should be all right as well uh, i've got a very lukewarm temperature on these on these players right now though
1: Yeah, I've got Tua as the uh, top streaming quarterback option for this week. Uh, Devontae Parker is in play as well. Uh, He's finally 100% healthy, I think, (laughs) coming out of the bye. We never know with Parker, but uh, sounds like he'll be the healthiest he's been all year. And Fuller's still out, so that should concentrate that target share a little bit to Waddle and Parker. And we'll see about the running backs. Uh, All of their running backs are on the COVID list. Um, Gaskin. uh philip Lindsay just came down with it on monday he had a positive test and then salvin Ahmed as well but it does sound like uh, gaskin and Ahmed are vaccinated and they are expected to hopefully test
0: negative and be back for this game sounds like a team missing uh jakeem grant are out, about right now
1: yeah sounds like a team that might finally uh let to a cook we'll see we'll see
0: maybe uh hopefully we get to see him heat up and cook i'm gonna pick miami against the jets
1: yeah, this was a close one uh, a few weeks back when they were playing uh, in New York, uh, but it's worth noting that was Joe Flacco, who might actually uh-huh. uh, have, have had the experience to be more equipped to handle the Dolphins' exotic blitz packages, and I do think that they're going to uh, get home against Zach Wilson a little bit more, so I'm, I'm going to take Miami here as well.
0: Dallas at the Giants uh, you you aren't sitting Zeke without a much better play here the, the lack of production at running back is helping all three wide receivers stay relevant but that may not have to be the case here against the Giants
1: yeah I mean the problem is that Dak Prescott hasn't looked the greatest since he came back from that calf injury uh, he's been missing some throws he just is not looking great at all and uh, I mean you're starting him but the Giants Defense has actually been okay, even though Justin Herbert just torched them. Um, it, it's tough. I mean, you're starting Lamb and Cooper. Gallup is a fringe flex option. Uh, you're starting Elliott, especially with Pollard still questionable. Although it does sound like they expect him to potentially be back. Uh, but really, yeah, it's it's. I don't know how much I trust Dak Prescott. I mean, do we do we want to go down the list and?
0: See yeah, let's if, do it. I think it's worthwhile.
1: Well, so. To be clear, I mean, Prescott's had some nice blow up games, but the totally. last two games, you know, just one passing touchdown under 250 yards, um, three out of his last five, he's scored less than 15 PPR points. I mean, Tua against the Jets or Dak against the Giants this
0: week? Oh, well, you're already starting uh, in a tough qu- uh, in a tough spot. Well, wow, I thought I thought we were getting softballs to start. I thought you were going to say Prescott or Mahomes. <laughs> um gee that would really uh wow like it's not crazy I know, right i don't know
1: like we know tua has got a fair floor of like 14 15 points he does. i don't know if we can say that right now about dak prescott
0: i'd be hard pressed to start to uh over dak but that's just the way i play fantasy football you might say the exact opposite
1: in fact, I will. Would you care to yeah. make a friendly wager? I am down one on you. I misspoke a, a couple episodes while you were gone. Uh, you are up on me in the in the bets this year, as as few as there they've been.
0: I I can't do it on Dak. He's he's your guy. He's not mine. I can't support him that way.
1: Okay. Um. I mean, Dak Prescott or Taysom Hill, who's been on fire just with rushing production. He does play against Tampa, so it's a little bit of a tougher matchup. <sighs>
0: I'll go, I'll, okay, let's do it. Let's go crazy. I'll I'll take Dak over Taysom here. Just because it that game was not great for Taysom. If it wasn't for that last play, which Alvin Kamara admits should not have happened, Taysom Hill would have been a pretty disappointing quarterback for you this week.
1: All right, what about Dak Prescott versus Jimmy Garoppolo?
0: No, no way, Dak.
1: Yeah, I, I, I would take uh, Prescott there too. It's just hard to trust Garoppolo. He's been playing better, but... Uh... Again, that was a, a surprising nail-biter back-and-forth game uh, against Cincinnati. I do think they're going to jump out to a lead against the Falcons here. We'll talk more about yep. that game in a little bit. Um, here we go. Hometown pride here. Justin Fields or Dak Prescott.
0: I can't do it yet. I just can't do it. It's Dak right now. All right, I'm doing it, baby. I'm going Fields.
1: Whoa! I, I mean, he's made some rookie mistakes. The Bears offensive line has been awful, but look, the rushing production is what we want in fantasy with that floor and ceiling, and I think it's there for fields right now.
0: I agree with you, but it's uh, it's the coaching staff that, that I have trouble with, not, not just in fields.
1: Fair enough, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not particularly high on Prescott this week, and it doesn't. Yeah. So, it sounds like you're at least reticent to play him, even if you are taking him over I mean, some you of these didn't options. Ask me any, I mean,
0: you didn't ask me any real legitimate quarterbacks, though. I mean, you, you pretty much streamed me through the QB2 ranks.
1: Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? I guess that's how low I have Dak then. I mean, you're not, obviously you're playing, you know, like the Jalen Hurts, the Rodgers, but I assume you don't have multiple options if you took Dak early and, you know, between
0: him and those guys, right? You certainly shouldn't if you made it to the playoffs. Right. (laughs) Oh, I did want to ask, what do you think about Corey Clement? Uh, how, How important is he of an ad?
1: I don't think he is. It sounds like Pollard's going to be back, and I don't think that he would be a workhorse anyway, even if uh, Elliott were to miss time somehow, something like that.
0: I'm in agreement with you there. Taken to the other side of the football, Mike Glennon certainly locks onto Kenny Galladay, but he only converted eight targets into all of 15 yards. Um, He's a possible flex based on volume, but I'd avoid the rest of the options with uh, with Glennon here at quarterback. Saquon's really the only play on the Giants.
1: Yeah, I mean, Glennon had that garbage time rushing touchdown, but the that oh. game was not close in the in the least. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's really just Barkley. Worth noting that Kadarius Tony uh, is on the COVID list as well as of today, but uh, I don't think you're really trusting him anyway with Glennon under center not right now. Um. And then yeah, Shepard, uh, Evan Ingram, you're not starting those guys. Maybe Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> Maybe they have a connection yeah. <laughs> uh, for that long that long play, but uh, no, it's really Barkley.
0: Yeah, we don't need to put string together the NFC North retreads to uh, to cobble together a playoff loss for you. No way. Uh, I'm going to take the, the, the Cowboys here.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Cowboys too. But you know, Washington put up a fight, and really, it's their defense that's been carrying them. I, I think this is going to be another fairly low-scoring game here. <sighs>
0: All right, James Conner making it happen on the field on the uh, on the side screen. Washington at Philadelphia. I am not starting. Uh, well, I'm obviously not starting Terry McLaurin. He's uh, likely missing the game with the concussion right now, but he's been he's been not great these past few weeks. Uh, just hurts hurts my heart. Love Terry McLaurin, um, and they're uh, they're not doing too well at uh, at uh, the tight end position either the running back position is not looking good either. What are you doing with Washington right now? I'm doing my best to avoid them. I I don't know if you're in the playoffs with these Washington players.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's gross right now. I I mean, Antonio Gibson's getting the workload at at least, I guess. But, um, you know, the production just isn't there. Their offensive line is still not playing well. Um, they're trying to be a run heavy team, even though uh, their defense is putting them in tough stop in tough spots. Excuse me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even if McLaurin were to clear a concussion protocol, right? Then he gets matched up against Darius Slay, and certainly right. don't love that. Um, he's let's call him a back end flex if he's active.
0: If that, um, I mean, they, they Washington is going to have to be throwing the football. That is one thing um, with Washington having a couple more losses um, in their in their defense this coming week. Um, so so expect them to have to try and keep the ball moving, keep trying to score downfield. Um, but uh, yeah, I. I can't touch McLaurin right now. I'm sorry. He played, he, he, he goosed you. He gave you zero and he, he got that concussion pretty late in the game.
1: I mean, let's go, let's, for the sake of argument, let's say McLaurin's active, right? Sure. Um, Full PPR. Let's go through some of our waiver options at wide receiver, sneak preview at those. Uh, McLaurin or Russell Gage, who's had consistent target share with Ridley out? No, it's Russell Gage right now. Uh, what about KJ Osborne if Adam
0: Thielen is out again? Absolutely Osborne. He's a he's a great play.
1: Devontae Parker.
0: This week I would go Devontae Parker. Let's see. And oh, that's what? and that's against the Jets. Let's, just go, as to some, a reminder. let's go
1: to some tougher ones. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. How much do you trust Jared Goff?
0: <laughs> Nil. I couldn't do that. Okay. Could not. Yeah. Yep. Um Alan Lazard? No. I've se- I've seen him played the Lazard game many times.
1: Yep. Okay. So yeah, I mean he's in that back and flex territory like, you know, Gage, Osborne, those guys.
0: Yep. Let him get healthy, let him get a quarterback, come back as a wide receiver too next season. Yep. All right. And on the Philly side, uh, they're probably gonna play uh uh <clears throat> they're probably going to start Jalen Hurts if he's healthy here, but uh, Gardner Minshew was, was a lot better for Dallas Goddard at the very least. Uh, he certainly did not look like a bad quarterback Expect expect him to get looks at uh, possibly starting for a team like Denver or something next year. Maybe uh, Sanders has had increasing workload and effectiveness lately should be a running back two strong running back to play here. Uh, I'm feeling good about Philly this week.
1: You know, it's funny that you say that because uh, slightly off topic here, but for dynasty purposes, I was thinking earlier in the week or earlier or late last week, I should say that Minshew would actually be, I think a nice fit in Denver if they shore up that offensive line a little bit because he does take some chances and who better to throw some, you know, 50, 50 balls to down the field than Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick.
0: I think it's, great and, and he'd be a cheaper option i mean at this point you know quarterback rates he'd probably still cost you 22 25 million or something crazy like that but uh that's a lot cheaper than you can get
1: i think they could get him on a like a one year six seven million dollar deal you know like a tryout basis almost uh I, I know everybody wants rogers for denver but i don't know how realistic that is given that's, how the Packers' season yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough task Yeah. All right. Let's get back on topic here. Uh, It it does sound like Hertz is expected to start. Uh, His ankle seems fine. Nick Sirianni already said as much uh, earlier today. And then uh, it also sounds like Miles Sanders is expected to play. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. I'd be more confident in Goddard if it were Minshew under center, Uh, (laughs) but still, still a tight end two option, you know?
0: All right. Uh, Here we go. Philadelphia this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, if McLaurin were healthier and they, they have a ton of issues in Washington, they, they had a really impressive streak uh, over the last month. They've beat some good teams and credit to them. But I just don't I think they're going to fizzle out as they uh, seem to do year after year. And I'm going to take the Eagles fresh off of a bye.
0: Agreed. Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Tannehill was usable this week. Should be an okay play here in Pittsburgh. Uh, there's definitely better days ahead as Julio continues to get back in a game shape. They did not have to lean into him this past week. I think Julio could have had a pretty solid game if, uh, if the game was going to be closer. Foreman's a running back three with some upside here. Uh, the past game's a bit of a mess with a lot of spreading the ball around until Julio st- establishes himself. So it's really just Tannehill as a possible play. Julio as what I'm thinking of as is, is a solid flex or back end run, wide receiver two and Foreman as a, as a three with upside. I mean, define solid for Julio. <laughs> I, I think he's going to be fine. I really do. I think they, they could have expected more out of him this past week. The way I define solid is uh, 12 or more points PPR.
1: Ooh, uh, man. Yeah, I think you have more confidence in him than I do. So Julio over Russell gauge for you then? Yes. Um, If, let's say, for the sake of argument, McLaurin's active. Julio. Okay. I, I think he's in that same range, Um, but I think – I mean, I Pittsburgh's secondary hasn't been great. Their defense overall hasn't been great, but I think they keep running it. They, it's just their formula. They haven't been throwing a ton, and even then, you know, Julio just hasn't looked like his old self. Uh. I, I don't know. I, I'm not quite as confident in in him as you are, I don't think.
0: Fair enough. On the other side of the football, you're you're definitely not sitting Deontay Johnson or, or Nadia <laughs> Harris at this point. Claypool and Frymuth are good options, depending on who you have available at this point in the season. Frymuth's been usable most weeks. he uh, he did lay a bit of an egg for you one of the weeks, one of the weeks recently, but he is still a tight end. Let's not forget that. Claypool's a wild card could blow up big time or uh, could give you next to nothing.
1: No, I would go back to avoiding Claypool this week. Uh, They got you know a a Minnesota secondary with a lot of issues on a short week, Uh, so I I think you're avoiding him. Uh, He's still just a boomer bust wide receiver four, and I would say bust more so. In fact, I like Tennessee's defense as a streamer this week. I guess that's why. And uh, it's no surprise that we disagree on this one in terms of the matchup pick.
0: Sure. I'm uh, going to bury the lead there, Mung. I'm going to go ahead and pick Pittsburgh this week.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, with all the issues that the Titans have had, um, it seems like they just play well despite them, and I just have very little confidence in Ben Roethlisberger or that offensive line, and even on the road, I'm going to I'm gonna take the Titans here. I, I trust in Vrabel to, you know, get his team ready for all these matchups.
0: I think our different uh, opinions on this game may weigh into the way we see Julio Jones, um, especially talking about the fourth quarter. So, uh Yeah. Hopefully it's an exciting game either way. Wait, but you're the one who's high on Julio. Shouldn't, uh, shouldn't right.
1: you be? Oh, so you're it's saying they're going to be in catch-up mode
0: in in I, late. I think so. I think Pittsburgh is going to get it together at home. Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson are going to shake through this Tennessee defense and, and get some early scores.
1: Gotcha. See, I think Julio will have a very quote-unquote solid five catches for like 50 yards.
0: Yeah, that's 10 points. That's not killing it.
1: It's not, but I would rather have Parker against the Jets. Uh, Gage's target volume, but, you know, we've covered we've this. Well, you didn't ask this. me about
0: Parker. You asked me about Gage. Well, what about Parker? No, take Parker. Really? Okay. Yes. Yes, right. yes I'd have Parker over Gage. It, it's the matchup. It's this 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 week. Very well. All right. I'll love it. All right. Houston at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brandon Cooks had a great game. He's got a chance again here. Uh, do not chase any of other targets on this team.
1: Yeah, look, if if you're desperate, uh David Johnson, Royce Freeman, if uh Philip Lindsay's out with that hip issue. Um yeah, I mean, if you're desperate, just touchdown dependent flex uh or David Johnson some PPR targets, but uh yeah, really it's it's Cooks just because Davis Mills loves locking on to that number 1
0: guy. If you're desperate, you'll find something in the free agent pool that's better than that, I hope. As for Jacksonville, uh, I don't trust this team whatsoever, but but there is a chance here against Houston. There's got to be a week where Trevor Lawrence looks like an NFL quarterback. Maybe this is it, or maybe it isn't. Uh, I'm not going to chase any of these players here. You can't trust James Robinson with what uh, the the coach is doing here. Although there were some reports that uh, Trevor Lawrence actually checked out of a few James, James Robinson runs, so maybe he won't do that so much. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It sounds like, uh, the team's ready to move on from urban Meyer and, uh, as well, they should be, but, uh, let's not forget that Trevor Lawrence had his best game of the year in week one against Houston. Um, that being said, I just, I don't trust any iteration of the Jaguars team right now. I, Oh, Shaughnessy and Chenault and, you know, Treadwell, they, they all have some PPR usability in deep leagues, but the ceiling is just so low for all these guys. That's not who you want in, in the first week of the fantasy playoffs. I mean, in, in deeper leagues, you know, if you need the bodies to plug in at the second or third flex position, something like that, then yeah, but I don't want anything to do with the Jaguars. Yeah, not when Not when it's, you know, one game, one and done, or, you know, move on to the next round.
0: And to their credit, not that I'm trying to give them credit, but don't go selling off Trevor Lawrence for peanuts in your dynasty leagues. I think this team had a clear plan. It was it wasn't a great plan. Um, but but I think that the main player in this offense was really set to be like that that move position with Travis Etienne. Then he got hurt. They tried to do it with Chenault. Then he got hurt, and we saw Agnew have some success in that point. And that offense was moving a little bit with that. Uh, I think the well the offense is clearly going to look way different next year because this is just highly ineffective. But that's what he was taught all season to, be, to all preseason to be working towards, and th- this is it's it's just not working out for him. Um, So, so don't lose faith completely uh, in Lawrence. um, That's the long and short of that. Uh, It makes me puke to say this. I actually just had to reswallow it twice, um, but I am picking Jacksonville here.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, I'm going to take Houston just because I think they're the more stable organization right now. I mean, that's not really, I don't think that impacts individual (laughs) games, but to an extent, I think it does. Um, Sure. Yeah, even on the road, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean the Texans.
0: Yeah, no, no more stable organization than uh, Deshaun Watson's Houston Texans.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say Davis Mills. You know, he looks somewhat poised out there. I in DFS, I've played him and Nico Collins in in spots, and I think they might have a sneaky nice week against this, this awful Jacksonville secondary.
0: There you go. All right, that'll take us into Sunday mid-afternoon Cincinnati at Denver. Uh, Can we just take a second and appreciate just how good Jamar Chase is? He had those questions coming in in the preseason. We've just been absolutely spoiled with rookie wide receivers the last two years with him and uh, him and Justin Jefferson. He's... Jamar Chase, two touchdowns, tapping the feet in the end zone. Just just a total stud. Uh, T. Higgins continues to remain solid enough, too. Joe Mixon didn't do a ton for you here, but does continue to give you, uh, you know, back-end running back one, maybe middling to, at worst, he's a middling running back two. That's, that's not something you're putting on your bench.
1: Yeah, I could see them struggling a little bit more. Uh, we know that Denver does have the personnel in the secondary to limit them a little bit, but you're certainly playing Chase and Higgins, assuming they got you this far. Um, you know, I feel like there's not a whole lot to talk about with this team. You're starting those guys and mixing, um, burrows a, a decent QB two option. And then, you know, if you're desperate, Boyd has some PPR usability as well.
0: Yeah, as for Denver, the running backs are, of course, the main plays, both as upside flexes. The offense spreads the ball around too much for playoff upside here. Uh, Jerry Judy's the most reliable pass catcher, probably for what it's worth with the best floor, but I do my best to avoid, them. um, like them as a football team, but just not going to give you that fantasy upside.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's Williams and Gordon, right? It's the, This this is a team that wants to run uh, when they do throw the ball. It, they have four good receiving options that they spread it around to. Uh, so for fantasy purposes, it's hard to trust any of them. Uh, they re-sign their guys, Patrick and Sutton, so obviously they like them and for good reason, but it just makes it a messy situation for fantasy. And I think this is going to be... Another one where, you know, I, I just don't see a whole lot of upside for any of these options, and that's not what you want going into the first week of the fantasy playoffs.
0: Agreed there. Uh, I'm taking Denver here. Not hugely confident, just, uh, just a gut feeling.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we surprisingly have quite a few that we're uh, we're different on this week, which is yeah. nice for the, the listeners. Uh, we usually agree quite a bit on the favorites, or at least it's hard to bet against them, right? We don't do the spread on this show otherwise, I'm sure things would get a lot more interesting. Maybe that's something yes. we'll consider for future seasons. But,
0: yeah, maybe next year.
1: But yeah, I mean, I just think that on paper, Cincinnati is the better team. Um, San Francisco is, is a sneaky good team who should make the playoffs, and that's why they struggled this past uh, week against them. And I think that they are better than Denver, and I think if they play up to their potential, that they will beat Denver on the road.
0: All right. Atlanta at San Francisco. Daryl Patterson is the main play as the locked-in running back, too. Kyle Pitts has been steady lately. He's a tight end, so uh, even when he blanks you, it's not killing you necessarily. And Gage continues to see those targets. We've mentioned him, I think, four times on this show already. Uh, not much upside, but he gives you the floor. Yeah, I,
1: I, I've answered a lot of questions on Twitter over the last couple of weeks about Kyle Pitts. And depending on your tight end options, I don't think he has to be rostered. He just, there's no upside with this offense really, you know, without Ridley with teams, just blanketing Pitts and coverage. I mean, you're hoping for double digit PPR points, which I know the tight end, the tight end situation as a whole is tough, right? You know, we've got Hawkinson hurt and Schultz, we thought was going to be a good option for a while. And he just hasn't been Waller has been hurt, but even so I think Pitts is just a, what high-end tight end too? I'd rather start guys like Friar um I'd hope for a touchdown from Hunter Henry this week over Pitts uh, what do you think
0: I, I'd call him a tight end too but that's not saying that I necessarily have 12 tight ends above him I basically think there's two tiers of tight end of, of of startable tight ends um you know you've got your tier one your Kittle your Andrews your your Kelsey your Waller when he's healthy and then everybody else is tier two so it's it's really just what's your flavor
1: yeah, I mean, look. Uh, all I'm saying is, uh, well, I guess we'll go through. Let's go through a couple names, right? I, sure. I think the tight end position is important to talk about for uh, it is. It, it definitely is because, the uh,
0: unfortunately, there's only four teams with a locked in tight end.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, what about one of the ones I said, Hunter Henry this this week?
0: I'd probably go Pitts over Henry, but but Henry's a touchdown machine. Yeah, I just I, I think
1: it's going to be tough to run on the Colts, and when they do get close, I, I still think that we could see uh, just, you know, all he needs is that one touchdown, right? That I, I mean, I target. agree with
0: you, and the Colts do have some opportunity at the tight end, but the problem is with when it comes to Hunter Henry, even in good tight end matchups, he's only getting, I mean, he's getting two catches only, but he's turning them both into touchdowns.
1: Yeah, and I'm just saying I'd rather bank on his three catches, one of them yeah. being a touchdown, than, you know, the Falcons at this point. Sure. Um, Jared Cook against the Chiefs a potential high scoring matchup here
0: for me I would stick with Pitts just because yeah great good job Jared Cook but the the answer could be Donald Parham just as easily
1: alright um, if Njoku's out again Austin
0: Hooper that's one where I think we would go Austin Hooper
1: okay uh, Pat Fryermuth against the Titans no
0: Fryermuth man Yep,
1: I agree there okay um. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty bleak at tight end. So I, I. I mean, somebody asked me earlier on Twitter. They had guys like Dawson Knox and T.J. Hawkinson on the waiver wire, and I'm like, drop
0: pits. No, like. that's totally. Yeah, I guess. I guess you know what? Maybe there are three tiers of tight end because I. I wouldn't put Knox in that top tier, but I would put him firmly above just about everybody else you mentioned.
1: Yeah, and I think Frymuth belongs there at this point yeah, too. Um, totally. Yeah, I mean. All right, we've talked, about, we've talked about Pitts enough here and my hatred for him, but obviously <laughs> I, I love him in Dynasty. I've got him ranked as my top Dynasty tight end, of course,
0: but... Uh, really? Over George Kittle?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I love Kittle. I, I think in redraft, it's still Kittle, but I mean, 30 versus 22. Like, at some okay. point, the age has to play How about over Mark Andrews? Yeah, I mean, just the flashes we've seen from Pitts, right?
0: Uh, if How about the flashes we've seen from Andrews? perennially undervalued i don't think andrews is ever going to get uh is ever going to get the respect he deserves
1: i think andrews firmly belongs in that same tier as kittle at this point but it's just the fact that pitts is 22 and and what we saw from him i mean this is a guy who for the next decade could be you know travis
0: okay andrews he's only what what's andrews 25
1: 25 26 I i think
0: yeah he's he's you know five years younger than kelsey
1: Look, I I wouldn't call you crazy if you put him as the tight end one dynasty. I just, it's pits for me.
0: All right, I hear you. All right, does that take us to San Francisco? Speaking of, uh, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, whoever's healthy at starting running back should be fine against the Atlanta defense. Hopefully that's uh, Elijah Mitchell, I guess, but uh, Samuel's going to continue to get running back work regardless. He's been a lot more of a running back than a uh, wide receiver the past few weeks. Uh, Wilson stepped in at running back. Against Atlanta, he's going to be fine if Mitchell isn't around. He was not great for you this week at all though.
1: Yeah, if if he's if Mitchell's out again, uh, I think Wilson's a fine flex with upside. Uh yeah. it does sound like Mitchell should uh hopefully pass concussion protocol. It's just cuz his symptoms started late last week on Monday, so it was tough for him to go through it. Um but it sounds if Mitchell's playing, I mean, I'm playing him as a high end RB2, RB1 probably. Absolutely. Um, the the one thing to note is that as good as Debo Samuel's been this year, and I don't I don't know that it's had anything to do with his injury, the groin injury, but he just hasn't been targeted quite as much with Kittle back. Uh, they've been using him out of the backfield, which keeps him you know in play, but at the same time I, we haven't seen that massive you know the top five wide receiver ceiling from earlier in the year when Kittle's out. Right, we're seeing right. now that the targets are split a little bit more. Really, I mean. It, it, I think the pecking order now in PPR, assuming you're flexing a San Francisco player, is Kittle, then Samuel, then Ayuk, not ex- excluding the running backs.
0: Yeah, totally agree. But this is this is 100% of, uh, because of all the issues they've had at running back. If Mitchell was there and he could just stay there and play, I think Samuel jumps right back into how he was before.
1: Yeah, I mean, either way, uh, you're you're starting all your Niners against the yes. Falcons, with the exception of maybe Ayuk,
0: right? He's still uh, uh, he's the question mark. But I mean, if if it comes down to, I mean, we've run through a lot of back end wide receiver names today. I think I'd have Ayuk at the top of that list. What about your boy Julio? No, I I'd have Ayuk over Julio.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Yep. Uh, I'm gonna take San Fran here.
1: Yeah, I'll take the Niners on their way to. Uh, it seems like a wild card berth.
0: Yeah, it does look that way. Uh, Seattle at the Rams. It's truly hard to take too much from Seattle beating up on Houston when their next matchup is the Rams. But it seems Wilson's, uh, Wilson is back in business. He and the two wide receivers should be good to go. DK Metcalf always says that we were bust potential. Never going to be a top drafted wide receiver in my book, but I don't write all the books. Uh, Rashad Penny was really the 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 play of the player of this game. He had the game of his career. Maybe he's a back end running back two here. Uh, it's tough against the Rams. Can't lie about that.
1: Yeah, I d- this season's so weird. I mean, <laughs> the Rams, the Rams add like Von Miller, uh, and then their defense is awful for a few games, <laughs> and they lose Jalen Ramsey tonight, and they're they're really stopping Kyler Murray. I I don't know what to. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I. But I just have very little confidence in Russell Wilson, assuming that Jalen Ramsey's back off of the COVID list by Sunday. I mean, you want to go through the same names?
0: I mean, if you're in the playoffs, you probably weren't starting Russell Wilson this season. I, I think we can leave it at that.
1: Okay. All right. right? I, I, like, I thought like, perhaps you'd be this on week. the other side.
0: Yeah. yeah I, if I would he not. was playing Houston again, yeah.
1: No, give me Tua. Give me Taysom. Give me, give yeah. me all those guys we talked about.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah.
1: And uh, unfortunately, I think that means I would start like, Julio over Metcalf at this point that he's been terrible. I mean, I know he's playing through this like injury, but at the same time, like I know the talents there, but it just hasn't been there since Wilson's fingers been back. They haven't been connecting and I, I can't trust DK Metcalf in the fantasy playoffs when he's hasn't done anything.
0: See, the thing is, if if you have Metcalf on your roster, you spent a second rounder on him, which means you you saw all the stats from last year, how he was great, then totally disappeared and decided it didn't matter. So I don't think you're going to sway anybody who already knows that potential with DK Metcalf into uh, not playing him here.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's definitely Lockett over Metcalf right now. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Uh, Lockett seems like, a, you know, that back end wide receiver two, uh wide receiver three range. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you've got that choice, Metcalf all day or uh, uh, lock it all day.
1: Uh, What about like guys we talked about, like Julio versus Metcalf?
0: I I couldn't put Julio over Metcalf. Um, Just just the pure talent. uh, I mean, he's just a beast.
1: I was going to say you love the matchup against the Jets. Devante Parker over Metcalf. No, I think I would.
0: Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, but uh,
1: okay, All right, let's move on.
0: All right. As for the Rams, start your regulars. If Seattle can produce on offense at all, there's going to be an even bigger game for Stafford and company. Uh, Jefferson's a fair flex play if that's the case. But if you don't think that's going to be how the game plays out, um, probably think a little more about Henderson, Mich- uh, Michelle, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, we'll see about Henderson. Uh, he should be able to clear COVID uh, assuming he's vaccinated, which I do believe the reports suggest that he is. Um so Henderson's back. You're starting him against this awful Seattle run defense. Michelle might be in play as uh, as yeah. a desperation flex, depending on how this game goes. He could punch in a touchdown. Um, they they've talked about potentially making this a little bit more of a committee, uh, just because of Henderson's issues. He had the quad injury even before the COVID list. Yeah. And, wasn't
0: uh, uh, wasn't Rashad Penny drafted in the first round? Or am I going nuts?
1: Yeah, he was a first-rounder along with, uh, I believe, Michelle. Yeah, we could see Michelle versus
0: Penny, two two good first-round players.
1: Well, I think they were taken almost back-to-back back, uh, yeah. in, in the late first uh, that That's year. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. See, I'm not
0: going nuts just
1: yet. Because I remember people were shocked that uh, Belichick took Michelle.
0: Um, right. All right, I'm going to take the Rams here. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a drubbing, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be close.
1: I mean they're they're looking good against the Cardinals tonight, which you know that means they're going to lose by thirty to Seattle. <laughs> but uh, look on paper, I I agree. I'm I'm taking the Rams here. I just the NFC West, you know, it's it's crazy. Even when we've yeah. talked about this before, even when the Cardinals were terrible with their yep. you know Drew Stanton and guys like that, they would always play Seattle tough. Same yep. with the Rams. Uh, even when they had Jared Goff on the Rams pre Sean McVay yeah Jeff Uh, Fisher the Rams would would take out the Seahawks somehow I I don't know I don't understand it but I'm gonna take the Rams at home
0: yeah there was that season uh gosh well I don't remember what year it was but uh the NFC West uh contributor to the playoffs was actually a below 500 team now that may not be shocking nowadays when we have 17 games and seven teams making the playoffs but Mm -hmm. it was a different time back then indeed all right, uh, Green Bay at Baltimore. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are no-brainers. Uh, we got to see the power of a rested Aaron Jones, who is definitely startable. Uh, but I do expect to continue. To, uh, I do expect to see continued limited usage as Green Bay tries to stay healthy for the playoffs, keeping the running backs fresh. Uh, for that reason, I think Dylan can be a flex here yet again. Uh, despite zero pass game targets, I don't expect that to repeat. He's uh, he's been pretty darn good in the pass game.
1: Yeah. And I don't look Baltimore's run defense has been good. They're good against stopping the running backs from getting a lot of yards after the catch too. It's, uh, I mean, Jones got the touchdowns, but really Dylan was more productive overall. Uh, I just, how much do you trust Aaron Jones in the fantasy playoffs? I think that's a question worth asking.
0: I don't right now, but it's to me, it's purely, uh, it's purely because they want him around come playoff time, like you know, Football play NFL playoff time.
1: I mean let's 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 play a game. Sure. <laughs> let's say that Miles Gaskin's off of COVID. Oh and you know no. against the Jets or Aaron Jones against Baltimore.
0: <sighs> that one I couldn't do. That one I'd have I'd have to do Aaron Jones.
1: I think I'm doing it.
0: Okay. You're going Gaskin. Wow.
1: Uh Josh Jacobs? Jacobs. Clyde Edwards Alaire.
0: Edwards Alaire, Yeah. Especially this week.
1: I think I know the answer to this one. Cordero Patterson. Yeah. Patterson. All right. So these, these are somewhat easy. Let's, let's go down a bit and see just how much you like or don't like Aaron Jones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um Either of the Denver running backs.
0: No, Aaron Jones.
1: Yeah. Against Cincinnati. I agree. Uh, I'm sticking yep. with Jones there. Um, do you trust garbage time for Jamal Williams if he's back and Swift is out again?
0: Not a chance. Yeah,
1: I do not either. <laughs> I will agree yeah. with that one. Um, pretty sure you already don't like the Houston running back. So I don't even need to go there. No way. Jose. Here's uh, here's an interesting one for you. Let's say Damian Harris is out. Ramondre Stevenson.
0: Yeah, that is an interesting one. Um, hmm. Ask me again at game time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but you know, he's uh what? That's the, that's the discussion though. Two, maybe? And again,
0: it's not because I don't think Jones is good. I think he's elite. I think he's phenomenal, but I think the green game game, I think, I think green Bay has a good game plan with these running backs and I think they're going to use it.
1: Yeah, it's a clear committee and it's a tough matchup. That's, yep. I, and I mean, because you throw on Baltimore with all the injuries in their secondary, you don't run on them because their front seven has been fairly healthy for the most part.
0: Yeah. It's totally.
1: uh, yeah. I, I don't love it, but yeah. uh, all right, let's move on to the purple side of this game.
0: Yeah. Welcome to the playoffs, ladies and gents. Uh, Jackson went down early. Uh, we need to see what his workup shows. What exactly is going on with Lamar Jackson? Tyler Hundley was actually not terrible for the past game. Andrews and Brown, who has been not as great as late, but uh, Andrews and Brown remain starters. Bateman is a consideration though the green Bay secondary is better than a lot of people consider. Um, Freeman's the guy in the backfield. Uh, There's been enough time for them to uh, try and make uh, Murray the number one, but it's clear they want Freeman to be the guy that is except uh, at the goal line where they did slot Murray in there for whatever reason. Um, But Freeman's the lead back there.
1: Yeah, and it's worth noting, too, we didn't talk about it when we were talking about the uh, the Green Bay side of it, but Aaron Rodgers did say he suffered a setback
0: on uh, <sighs> the toe. Of course.
1: Um, so, of course, that doesn't, uh, that's not the most... Uh, <laughs>
0: what a warrior. Yeah. Um Wow. But- Yeah, really. He's a soldier, man. Forget Kellen Winslow. This man is a soldier. (laughs)
1: Uh, But I I will say, you know, it sounds like he's going to continue playing through this. uh, Surgery is not, uh, you know, in the the books. But I was surprised that this line is set at 43 and a half, given how bad the Ravens secondary has been. Because I could see this turning into a shootout type of game like we just saw on Sunday night with Justin
0: Fields. Yeah, his toe's fine um, for the record. He's going to light them up. Um, I don't know if it's some sort of mind game he's trying to play or if he's trying to, you know, avert the narrative that he set for himself, unfortunately, with the whole immunization garbage. Um, The guy's fine. Yeah.
1: And it does sound like on the other side, Lamar Jackson is expected to play. It it was, uh, they had the MRI. It was not a high ankle sprain, but he could still be. Uh, a little bit limited, so definitely something to watch for. We might not see that blow-up game, but I would be hard-pressed to bench Lamar Jackson for any of the Taysom Hill, uh, you know, totally Tua-type yeah, no guys. Way. No way. Um, because, I again, I do expect this to be a high-scoring game. So yeah. all that being said, uh, who are you
0: taking here? Pains me to say it, but I'm taking the Packers.
1: Uh, you know that as a as a Brady fan I am happy that it's tied up between the Rams and the and the Cardinals so far tonight at halftime. I will go. be rooting for Baltimore, but I in my my head I will say Green Bay uh, on paper has the edge just because of how well Rodgers been playing and I hate saying that but I have to give
0: credit where credits due. It's true. Sunday night football, New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Taysom Hill had that game. We talked about earlier, uh, sort of did not do much until, uh, until that run that ended the game. And the right football play would have been for him to uh, take that knee inbounds, run the clock out, just like, uh, Alvin Kamara. So astutely informed us of, uh, but, hey, uh, he runs the ball. He scores touchdowns. Taysom Hill must be starting Taysom Hill in his own league. Camaro uh, was great. The wide receivers did not need to do much, and I would completely avoid them here, not knowing what Hill has in store in the past game.
1: I mean, somebody's going to get a nice garbage time touchdown. But, yeah, uh, but who? Good luck. Uh, yeah, I was going to say roll the dice. If uh, you're in a deep league, good luck with that.
0: Juwan Johnson. Um
1: yeah I don't know Um, we'll see if Mark Ingram's back but you're starting Kamara regardless obviously Uh, you know a tough run matchup but he'll get plenty of receptions and such Yeah, it's really just Hill and Kamara, right? I mean, Deontay Harris is still suspended, uh, so maybe that narrows it down a little bit to Callaway or Smith or Lil' Jordan Humphrey, which is an awesome name, by the way. uh, It totally is. uh, But, yeah, I'm not not trusting these guys in the fantasy playoffs unless you're absolutely desperate in, like, a 14, 16-team league, something like that.
0: Yeah. On the other side of the football, speaking of trust in the fantasy playoffs, I like this Buccaneers team. Very easy easy analysis. Start Brady, start Lenny, start Gronk, start Evan, start Godwin. Don't look back.
1: Yeah, I don't uh, don't have a whole lot to add. Um, Sean Payton seems to have their number in the regular season. So if you've made it this far in your survivor pick, I would avoid this game. But
0: Oh yeah, you don't um, pick this game, come on.
1: All that being said, I think the Bucks are getting getting hot at the right time of year, and I will take them at home.
0: Absolutely, me too. Monday Night Football, Minnesota at Chicago. Very exciting uh, final week of the regular fantasy season. Chicago on Monday night. Uh, Cook and Jefferson should be able to carry your teams this week. KJ Osborne is a great play if Thielen is out again. Uh, Hopefully we'll find out about him early this week. Conklin uh, sort of disappeared on you this week, but uh, the opportunity is there for him.
1: Yeah. I mean, really it's cook and Jefferson. I think cousins too is still in that back end quarterback one range. Uh, Certainly a decent matchup here against that bears secondary, but uh, yeah, I mean, Osborne Conklin, if you, if you need the help, not a whole lot to to add there. Oh, uh, it is worth noting. Alexander Madison landed on the COVID reserve list. He is not vaccinated, so he's already definitely out for this game. Potentially another. Uh, they added Wayne Gallman off waivers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Cook back negates this issue a little bit. We'd be talking about this more if Cook were still out with the shoulder injury, but he dominated Pittsburgh, so you're starting Cook. Not much to say. Could the be
0: Wang Wu season in Chicago.
1: Yeah, I just I just dropped Wangwu in a league, but uh, just before the news. But uh, I, I don't think that'll be an issue unless Cook were to miss time again.
0: Yeah, agreed there. As for Chicago, David Montgomery is going to be fine here. But the team took on a, and the and the team took an offensive step forward versus Green Bay. But this is the fantasy playoffs, not the time to get cute. Uh, fields' legs obviously give him upside of a quarterback one, but you got here without him. I'm not buying in after one big week. You probably have a better option on your team right now.
1: Yeah, like I said, I think I think Fields is in play. I have just more faith in that rushing production than anything. Um and again, Minnesota's defense has been pretty not great this year, right? It's just yeah. I am not I'm not particularly scared of Minnesota here, so I I do think that Fields is a solid QB2 streamer, um depending on your options. Uh there's there's a couple guys that consider benching over him. Uh certainly, I mean, you agree with Russell Wilson, right? Yes. Um, let's see how much you, you hate fields. How about that? I don't hate him. I love him,
0: but, uh, but I hate the Chicago offense.
1: I mean, Joe Burrow against Denver or just, okay. Uh, Tua fields. Tua. Okay. Um, Taysom Hill. Hill. All right. I, I agree with Tua because of the floor, but I think Fields has a higher ceiling, and I actually would start Fields over Hill this
0: week. Yeah, he, he has a ceiling of a quarterback one, but um, I've been a Bears fan a long time, and I know that they do not put things together when you want them to.
1: But I think barring injury in this matchup against the Vikings, I think Fields has a higher floor than Taysom Hill against the Bucks. Is that, That's my thought.
0: Yeah, well, you heard me pause there. I don't want either of them. I would look elsewhere regardless. But uh, fair
1: enough. Um, yeah. At receiver, uh, good luck hoping for another bird or grant <sighs> touchdown. It's still Mooney if you if you absolutely need that wide receiver help. Um, and I don't think it's a bad matchup, right? Uh, but you certainly look. You're not you're not starting Alan Robinson, all right? I know not he's back. Chance. He looks checked out. Uh, he it yeah. It, it's Mooney if you have to pick one of these Bears receivers.
0: You got it. All right. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, the Vikings.
1: I don't think it's crazy for Chicago to win this game. I'm, I'm going to throw that out
0: there. I think I don't. I can't. I mean, Detroit did beat Minnesota, so nothing's crazy.
1: Yeah, and I don't, uh, off the top of my head, I don't know what the spread is. Oh, it's, it's three and a half right now. Not terrible. And I think I would take the Bears plus three and a half. And I think the Bears money line is interesting. All that being said, and for the purpose of our pick'em game for this podcast, I will take Minnesota. But like right. I said, I this this will be a fun game to watch. We'll be recording during this game next week, so I'm sure you guys will have uh, our thoughts on everything as it all
0: unfolds. Yeah, listening to me vomit repeatedly. <laughs> all right, so we're
1: both taking the Vikings then. Sure am. All right. All right, some COVID news here. Uh, a lot to dissect. Uh, of course, coinciding with the fantasy playoffs. Uh, aren't the fantasy gods fun? Miles um, Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, uh, both were on the COVID list as of last week, so they do have a fair chance to return. Phillip Lindsay, uh tested positive on Monday, so he is likely out this week. Daryl Henderson, Jamal Williams, Mark Ingram, Keenan Allen, and David Njoku all were out last week but do have a chance to return this week. And then Alexander Madison is already definitely ruled out for this week. And then Kadarius Tony and Tyler Higbee were both placed on the COVID reserve list on Monday. So they're both questionable. We'll see what happens there. And we do know for a certainty that David Johnson was activated off COVID. So he should be back.
0: Plenty of uh, injury news as well. Starting with quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson with the ankle injury is probable. Harbaugh said on Monday that it was not a high ankle sprain and that Jackson is expected to start versus Green Bay this week. However, there's a chance he may not be as mobile or produce as many fantasy points as a runner if he's limited. Josh Allen, questionable with the foot injury. Allen was in a boot after the overtime loss to Tampa, and it sounds like there is a chance he could possibly miss this week's game versus Carolina. As with Jackson, there's a chance he could be limited in his rushing even if he is active. This This is another situation to monitor for updates on, and the fantasy GMs should secure another quarterback earlier on in waivers, just in case here. Taylor Heineke with the knee injury is probable. Heineke said he was more concerned than injured after the game. And as of now, it doesn't sound like it'll keep him out this week, so keep an eye on his practice status just in case. Jalen Hurts probable with the ankle sprain. Nick Sirianni named Hurts the starter versus Washington this week, so he should be good to go barring any setbacks in practice. And Daniel Jones doubtful with a neck injury. Jones met with a neck specialist Monday, so we'll see what the results of that are. Getting Jones back could make Galladay and or Shepard more flex-worthy plays.
1: Can I, uh, side note here, can I just... Please? um? Can I just say that they need to fix this officiating with the, uh, the personal fouls and the... I, I think... That intent needs to be part of the consideration here. I, I don't know if you're watching the.
0: Uh, I'm I'm catching a replay right now. Let's um, see what happened. Uh, the penalty
1: on Simmons for that accidental, the incidental the helmet on the the elbow to the helmet for Cooper Cup. Like, come on. Yeah. Like yeah. I I get it. Like you want to you want to keep these guys safe. Nobody wants CTE, but like, and and look, if he actually did slam into him, then yeah, but. That that was completely incidental. Like same, same yeah. with um, same with face mask, right? Like if they barely scratch the face mask, they don't grab, they don't pull. Like it.
0: Yeah, but where do you draw the line? Yeah, I know, I know it's tough, but I think that's I mean, what I'm, I'm saying. You, I, you know, I'm a defensive-minded guy. You know, you know you're you're barking right up my tree, but uh, it's true. Where do you draw draw the line? It's very difficult, uh, especially when. I mean, we get the benefit of seeing things in slow-mo replay, but it happens very, very fast in real time.
1: Yeah, all I'm saying is, I I think that it's already so subjective that they well, might may as well add like intent somehow to the wording because I think it needs to be there.
0: Yeah, you you could say nobody would intentionally put their elbow into somebody's helmet, but I've well, no, I'm I've saying I'm many... saying
1: for for minor contact intent should be part of it obviously if he still collided with him then it doesn't matter what his intent was right you know something like that but all right let's let's get back to the injuries here uh what are we the running backs yes yeah go for it oh okay um all right austin eckler with the ankle injury he's questionable uh brandon staley already said that eckler is quote-unquote fine on monday so certainly good news there he had his ankle taped up uh, in that blowout win over the Giants, and it sounds like he could have returned if it had been a close game at that point, but it was not. So just check on his practice status uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday. The Chargers do play on Thursday night, so we'll know early on. Kareem Hunt with the high ankle sprain, he's doubtful. Uh, supposed to keep him out for at least a week or two, if not more. You know, keep an eye on, on updates on Hunt, but uh, it sounds like he's going to miss some time after just having come back from that stint on IR. Damian Harris with the hamstring strain. He is questionable. He left that Monday night game over Buffalo a couple weeks back. And with the Patriots coming off the bye, there haven't been any new reports so far. So definitely a situation worth monitoring uh, this coming week over the next few days. Miles Sanders with ankle sprain. He's probable coming off of that bye week for the Eagles. Tweaked his ankle uh, a couple weeks ago, but likely to play barring a setback. But check his practice status just in case. Tony Pollard with that plantar fascia sprain in his foot, he's questionable. It sounds like they're optimistic that Pollard could return this week, but considering that Elliott's knee is getting healthier and Pollard uh, is playing through this injury now, he's probably back to that pure handcuff ter—excuse me—that pure handcuff territory and shouldn't be started uh, unless it's a deep, deep flex. Rex Burkhead with a hip injury, he's questionable. Uh, You weren't starting him anyway, but if he is out, this could consolidate touches more to Freeman and David Johnson. Giovanni Bernard, same thing. He's uh, out for a couple weeks with the MCL and hip injury. Weren't starting him anyway, but it does make Ronald Jones uh, worth a look in deeper leagues as the pure handcuff to Fournette now. Elijah Mitchell with the concussion from a couple weeks ago. He's questionable, uh, but it does sound like he has a good chance to clear concussion protocol this week. JD McKissick, um, same goes for him. It's been a couple weeks, so we'll see if he can clear uh, protocol. And then the same goes for Tevin Coleman with the concussion. Uh, However, it's worth noting that Michael Carter could be back this week, which would render that point moot, and Coleman probably does not need to be rostered in shallower formats. DeAndre Swift with the shoulder sprain, he is doubtful. Uh, It sounds like he isn't progressing as they had hoped, Uh, In fact, he could potentially be placed on IR pretty soon, so monitor uh, the Detroit situation for updates, but Fantasy GM should probably have a backup plan at running back. And finally, Michael Carter, who we just mentioned, uh, with the high ankle sprain, who is on IR right now, he is eligible to return this week, and the early reports are that the Jets are optimistically hoping that he can make it back, so monitor his practice status over the next few days.
0: Yes, for wide receivers, Terry McLaurin, concussion, questionable. Every player passes through the stages of concussion protocol at his own pace, so keep an eye on his practice participation this week. DJ Moore with the hamstring strain is questionable. Moore was able to return to the game versus Atlanta, but we'll see how he's feeling after a day or two. Keep an eye on his status later this week. Emmanuel Sanders is doubtful with the knee sprain. uh, Sanders saw just one target versus Tampa before exiting with the injury. Sounds like this is going to be a multi-week absence for the 34-year-old wide receiver. Adam Thielen has a high ankle sprain and is questionable. We'll see if he's able to practice at all by midweek. Keep an eye on him over the next few days, but fantasy GMs should have a backup plan at wide receiver just in case. Kadarius Tony questionable with the quad injury. Tony has already missed three weeks. With Shepard and Galladay both back, and Daniel Jones still questionable with his neck injury, Tony is an upside stash for playoff teams that need wide receiver help, but far from a must hold considering his iffy contribution even if he returns will fuller on ir with that broken finger he's been eligible to return for some time but we'll see if he practices at all this week aj brown on ir with the chest injury he's eligible to return week 16 next week Uh, he should be stashed if at all possible but without knowing if he'll return or whether he'll be 100 percent he's not a must hold in shallower formats if you need a win this week and antonio brown with the ankle injury and the suspension with brown suspended for faking his covid vaccination card The earliest he could potentially return is Week 16 versus Carolina. He's not a must-hold in shallower leagues, but still has some upside for the fantasy semifinals and championship round in deeper leagues. Still very talented. And Elijah Moore on IR with that quad injury. Moore was solidifying his role as a number one receiver for the Jets. Prior to the injury, he's eligible to return week 17 for the fantasy championship. Has a nice matchup versus Tampa, but it could be hard to trust his involvement in the first game back, even if he's active. He's a stash for deeper leagues or playoff teams who could use the wide receiver depth, but is not a must hold.
1: And at the tight end, we've got TJ Hawkinson with a hand injury. He is questionable, didn't practice at all last week, had a large wrap on his hands, so certainly not a good sign. We'll see about him. Check on his practice participation this week. And then Darren Waller with the knee sprain, he's questionable as well. Again, it kept him out against the Kansas City game, so we'll see if he's able to get some practices in later this week.
0: And of course, at waiver wire, adds a quarterback, we've got some streaming options. Tua Tonga uh, who we mentioned uh, frequently this episode, the Dolphins are on a top uh, on a five-game win win streak, coming off their bye, and the Jets have given up multiple touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks in each of their last eight games. Tua has a fairly safe floor and a fair ceiling in this matchup with both Waddle and Parker both healthy heading into the game. Justin Fields in Chicago. Fields is still struggling as a rookie passer, but even with two interceptions and a fumble loss for screen Bay. his 74 rushing yards, rushing yards propped up his fantasy stats, finishing with a solid 18 fantasy points. He has a lower floor than Tua, but he has a top five fantasy quarterback ceiling this week with his rushing ability. Taysom Hill, same goes for Hill after the performances we've seen from him the past two weeks. Even versus a tough Tampa defense, Josh Allen was able to run for 109 yards and a touchdown, and Hill has similar upside, even if he may not perform quite as well as a passer, though he still has a dangerously low floor. If it matters, I have changed my mind. It's field over Hill. Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're desperate, Atlanta has given up the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks this year, and Garoppolo has been playing better as of late with Kittle samuel and iu call healthy the risk here is that Atlanta's defense is similarly awful against the run so mitchell and samuel could vulture the touchdowns out of the backfield instead and we may not see many passes from garoppolo if san francisco builds a very early lead
1: at the running back position we've got rashad penny of course had a monster game against houston but don't go too crazy bidding on him as the rams this week are going to be a much tougher run defense than that houston front seven was Still, Penny's played well enough to earn that lead role in Seattle, and he's startable for teams in need of help at the RB2 position. Jamal Williams and Craig Reynolds, we talked about them a little bit with the reports that Swift could potentially go on IR. Williams projects to take that lead role if and when he returns from the COVID reserve list. He is rostered in most leagues, but still available in quite a few. And if Williams were to miss another game, Reynolds seems to have the hot hand in this line's running back by committee and would be a usable flex play again this week. Ramondre Stevenson and Brandon Bolden, it will be tough to get any helpful injury news out of New England, but if Damian Harris were to miss this week uh, with the hamstring injury, both Stevenson and Bolden would be in the flex conversation. Dante Foreman, it remains a messy committee in Tennessee as well, but Foreman led the team in carries against the Jaguars and saw two targets out of the backfield. He's a risky flex, but the Pittsburgh defense isn't what it once was, having just allowed 200 yards and two touchdowns to Alvin Cook on the ground. Foreman is a touchdown-dependent flex play. David Johnson and Royce Freeman. If Rexburg had were to miss this week, Johnson and Freeman figured to split the workload against a susceptible Jacksonville defense. Both would be touchdown-dependent flex plays, although Johnson is likely a bit safer in PPR with a decent floor at, with his receiving role. Amir Abdullah. Carolina's offense continues to struggle, and that will probably remain the same against a tough Bills defense this week. Assuming the Panthers are playing from behind for much of the second half, Abdullah could see close to double-digit targets as the receiving back and is worth a look as a flex or RB for PPR. Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly, it does sound like Austin Eckler is expected to play against the Chiefs on Thursday night. However, if his ankle isn't ready or if it's not 100%, both Jackson and Kelly could see more work on Thursday. (laughs) Mike Davis, who seems to have finally potentially reclaimed the number two running back spot after that Quadri Allison fumble uh, could be a serviceable desperation flex after he saw six targets against the Panthers on Sunday. And finally, Darnish Johnson. With Kareem Hunt sidelined once again, Johnson resumes his role as the upside handcuff to Nick Chubb for the fantasy playoffs. So Darnish Johnson should be rostered in deeper leagues as a desperation RB4 and an elite handcuff. And of course, just a reminder that now that we've made it to the fantasy playoffs, uh, we should be rostering high upside handcuffs over those fringe wide receiver, quarterback and tight end options, assuming you have good depth at those positions. These, of course, include guys like AJ Dillon, Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison and Sony Michelle, but others who are rostered in fewer leagues and could still be available in yours include Samajay Pirine. Devonte Booker, Daryl Williams, Mark Ingram, now Ronald Jones, and potentially others as well.
0: Cooper Cup, smooth as silk. All right, uh, wide re- at wide receiver on, on the free agent pool. We have Russell Gage, who has averaged eight targets per game over the last four weeks with Calvin Ridley out. He's become a reliable PPR wide receiver three with upside due to volume alone. Should continue operating as the de facto wide receiver one for Atlanta while Ridley's on that NFL list. KJ Osborne, with Thielen out the last two games, Osborne has averaged eight targets per game. Should get a nice matchup if Thielen's out again this week with Jalen Johnson projected to stick on uh, Justin Jefferson. And Devontae Parker, the Jets are 6th in passing yards allowed per game. With Miami fresh off the bye, Parker should be 100% healthy for the first time this year and is a wide receiver 3 with upside this week. Gabriel Davis, Buffalo. Much depends on the health of Josh Allen, but with Emmanuel Sanders out this week, Davis will be a boom or bust wide receiver 4 who should see an expanded role. Braxton Barrios, with Corey Davis out for the year and Elijah Moore on the IR. Berrios led the team in targets versus New Orleans with 10. It's hard to trust any facet of the Jets offense, but uh, Berrios should be a usable wide receiver four in PPR. Rashad Bateman. Bateman seems to have some chemistry with Tyler Huntley, and regardless of who's under center for Baltimore, it figures to be a shootout versus Green Bay. It's hard to imagine the injury-riddled Baltimore secondary slowing down a red-hot Aaron Rodgers this week. In uh, In L.A., Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer. If Allen were to miss another game on the COVID list with the Chargers playing Thursday night this week, Guyton and Palmer could both be flex worthy again, especially if Eckler is limited by his ankle injury as well. I'm Brown and Josh Reynolds in Detroit. If you're desperate, both wide receivers are seeing targets from Goff, so both are upside wide receiver four plays, especially with a high chance of garbage time production with versus Arizona, uh, or with Arizona this week favored by 14 points. And Alan Lazard with Cobb out versus Chicago. Lazard stepped up and was uh, and was second on the team's targets with seven behind only Devontae Adams. With all of Baltimore's injuries on defense, Lazard is a boom bust wide receiver four option with a high fantasy ceiling once again this week.
1: And at tight end. We talked about Pat Fryermuth for quite a few weeks, and he's finally rostered in over sixty percent of leagues, but surprisingly out there in quite a few. He's logged at least three receptions in every single game since Juju went down, and he has six touchdowns over that span. Jared Cook, who we talked about, his production has been very inconsistent, but he's seen at least three targets in every game this season. We've seen some Thursday night shootouts when defenses are are still recovering from Sunday, and the Chiefs have already allowed six touchdowns to tight ends this year, even though Cook was quiet during their last encounter. Austin Hooper. If David Joku remains on the COVID list, Hooper should again see the vast majority of snaps at tight end. The Browns have few receiving weapons, especially with Hunt now doubtful with a high ankle sprain. Hooper le- uh, tied Peoples Jones for second on the team in targets against Baltimore with seven apiece and could see volume again this week. James O'Shaughnessy. Jacksonville continues to look horrific after being shut out by Tennessee on Sunday. But O'Shaughnessy is averaging 6 targets per game since Dan Arnold's injury. Volume makes him at least worth a look as a tight end 2 option, although the ceiling isn't particularly exciting. And finally, for desperate, John Bates, who played 71% of the snaps for Washington, with Ricky Seals-Jones coming back from injury and logging just 46% of the snaps in his first game back, neither Washington tight end is a reliable option. But if you're desperate, the Eagles do allow the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. And they've given up a shocking eleven touchdowns to tight ends through thirteen games.
0: A couple decent options for uh, streaming defense in playoffs week one: Cleveland, Miles Garrett looks to be leading the race for defensive player of the year here, and the Browns have had multiple six and eleven of thirteen games thus far. They should be able to get after Derek Carr and a Raiders offense that that's stuck in neutral right now. Miami. The Dolphins should be well-rested coming off their bye and have logged multiple sacks and at least one turnover in every game dating back to week nine. Joe Flacco was able to handle the uh, blitz-heavy defense in week 11 when these two teams met, but the rookie, Wilson, may struggle more. Philadelphia. The Eagles should be well-rested coming off thereby, bye, and though Washington has scraped out some wins over the past month, their offense is still struggling, having won most of these games in low-scoring contests. Philadelphia's defense could feast as well if McLaurin misses this week with a concussion. And Minnesota. If you're desperate, Minnesota's defense has been inconsistent this year, but they do face the rookie Fields this week. Despite his mobility, Fields still threw two interceptions and lost a fumble versus the Packers on Sunday night, and is likely to continue making rookie mistakes, especially behind an awful Chicago offensive line.
1: Man, I gotta say I'm uh I hope the Rams can hold on to this win. I would love it if the Bucks could somehow end up the number one seed at the
0: end of the year. I'm sure you would.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean, for fantasy purposes, just a ton going on this week, the first week of the playoffs, uh, just important to continue moving on. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Of course, that makes all the waiver wire decisions, the lineup decisions, all these sit-start questions even more important. Uh, So of course, for your specific league and team situation, if you guys have questions, Happy to reply on Twitter. You can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G.
0: And you can find me at FFA underscore los. That's L-O-S. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes.
1: It's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it.
0: Thanks, addicts.